It's time to accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 716 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. Hey, I've got another excellent episode lined up for you today. Uh, for those of you listening on the day this came out, it is July 4th, so happy holidays, everybody. My guest today is Brendan Kane. Brendan is a growth strategist, keynote speaker, and author of One Million Followers, How I Built a Massive Social Following in 30 Days. Now, today we're going to talk about using social to help you sell. I know this is a topic that is controversial in some quarters, but you should really pay attention here because Brendan's going to share his experiences about what you should be thinking about in terms of how to effectively engage on social. He's going to share his own strategies for building relationships with buyers online and how to focus your efforts in the most effective way. As Brendan says, he never sells online. I'm sort of doing air quotes around the sell part because you know, he certainly does not selling in the conventional fashion, but he is selling nonetheless and using social to open doors to really large sales opportunities using his methods. He talks with us today about how he tries to understand how the person on the other side of the table perceives their jobs, their goals, and their obstacles, and how to speak to them in their language, and most importantly, how to communicate the value he provides in the context that the other person can really understand. So he'll share, as I said, he'll share some of the examples of how he captured some large accounts using this method. Now, before we get to Brendan, I want to take a quick second to talk about my sales growth planner. Uh, this is brought to you by The Sales House. This is the ultimate planner for high-performance sellers and leaders. Now, The Sales Growth Planner is built to help you identify your big, bold sales goals and give you a step-by-step framework to enable the learning and the growing you need to achieve them. So I created this myself for members of our broader Sales House community. The Sales Growth Planner is designed to enable you to act on your highest priorities and ensure that you're holding yourself accountable. Now, it's placed on, based on a, a planning format that I've successfully used for decades, both as an individual contributor, top producer, as well as a high-growth sales leader. And the thought and effort you put into creating your plan will be repaid with interest at the end of 12 months. So become the best version of you. Get your copy of The Sales House's Sales Growth Planner. Visit thesaleshouse.com forward slash planner to get your copy today. That is thesaleshouse.com forward slash planner. All right, let's jump into it. Brendan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, hey, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so you wrote an interesting book titled One Million Followers, How I Built a Social, How I Built a Social Massive Following in 30 Days. So what was, what was the impetus for building the massive social following, first of all, and then to write the book? So really the, the inspiration of it is I spent, I've been in digital for about 15 years and my background and experience is really working with movie studios, major corporations, big brands and celebrities, people at the highest levels mm-hmm. and had a lot of success in that space, uh, working with, with major clients in each of those facets and really just seeded an idea in my head. It's like, okay, it's great that you can do that for an MTV or you can have success with a, a Taylor Swift or a Rihanna. But what about the rest of us? What about people starting from scratch? And I'm of the mindset that I constantly want to learn, try things and experiment. And that's where it came up with the ideas like, okay, let's see what can be done with everything that I've learned and all the testing methodologies and, and the processes that I created for my, my top tier clients. 
and see how it can apply to somebody starting from zero. And when thinking mm-hmm. about perfect person to, to start with, I thought, why not myself? Because sure. I was starting from zero. I didn't, I'm not a professional athlete or musician or a rock star, any of that. And that's where it set me out on that journey. And in terms of the book, it's, it's really what I wanted to do is share my information with the world, everything that I've learned and also information from my top partners and, and friends in the space to make sure that people out there that really have the ability to transform the world in a positive way could have the strategies and the skill sets and the knowledge to do so. Got it. Well, so let's talk about, you know, this audience that we're talking to today, a lot of professional salespeople, individual contributors, as well as sales leaders, some entrepreneurs, CEOs. And this is a topic that, that as you and I discussed briefly before we came on the, the air, is, or before I started recording, is that, yeah, there's some conflict in terms of yeah, how much time individual sellers should devote towards building their followers, building a presence online, and so on. So I wanted to really dig into that and sort of get your, your insights into that. So if you look at it from perspective of you know, a man or woman out there who's starting a career as a professional salesperson in the business-to-business space, what's the value to them of, of building a social... Let's say they're employed by a company and they're not you know, self-employed. Of, of building a, a social following? Well, I, it really, at the end of the day, it depends on what type of content you're putting out into the world and, and how you maximize the potential of it. So let's just say for the sake of argument, you're putting valuable content out that's really fostering a strong connection with your brand. And it represents who you are and, and where you want to go with your career. I would say that what it does is it, it, it solidifies your position as a, as a thought leader and constantly seeding your brand and your content in front of people in your industry. So whether that means your, your content, <clears throat> your content is constantly being seeded in front of potential customers or potential people that you want to work with after your job, mm-hmm. I think that, that constantly being in front of people, demonstrating your knowledge, your expertise can really help you in the long term. Is there a direct attribution right out the gate of, hey, I produce a piece of content, I generate X number of sales? Generally not. I mean, with content marketing, you've got to be constantly seeding your content to people uh, before they are willing to purchase something or reach out to you. But I can definitively tell you, at least from my experience, when we talk about LinkedIn is uh, LinkedIn, I've closed tens of millions of dollars of business development deals leveraging the platform. And that's why I'm investing heavily in my brand and producing content on that platform. Am I seeing any direct correlation of deals off of the videos that I'm posting today? No. But what I do see is when I talk to partners or I take meetings, people will say, I really like the video content that you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. And what that's telling me is that I'm, I'm, I'm in front of that client, I'm in front of that constant mind. And I'm sure you've seen this from experience, uh, but at least for me, is like, Sometimes with, with business and, and sales, like sometimes you'll get a deal right, right away. Like I've done a cold outreach that closed Disney as a client. And that happened very quickly within like, like a few weeks. Then other situations, like you could have a conversation and it doesn't lead to a deal or business for years, mm-hmm. like sometimes three or four years later. So to me, I, I see that that's where the real value is, is looking at the long-term play. Yes, there can be short-term benefits of it. 
but really building that solid foundation for yourself as a thought leader, for yourself as a salesperson, or whatever uh, aspect of of yourself that you want to put out there and, and build that brand brand credibility. Well, and that, and so let's circle back then to content because you obviously knew we were going to get there. But but this is sort of where some of the conflict really comes up is that is yeah, I'm an individual contributor. I work for a company. I'm trying to build my career. I don't know where that career is going to go necessarily, but I have a vision of where I want to go. But right now I work for this company. And the idea of creating content seems a little overwhelming to people. But I think that, that increasingly people have to, at any stage of their career, but certainly if you're in the beginning stage of your career, have to look at yourself as an individual and your individual brand. And so this idea of having a point of view really becomes important. And uh, my recommendation is people is at least start by sharing stuff that's relevant, that shares your point of view, so that if, if you're talking to a prospective customer and they look at your profile on LinkedIn, they're going to say, oh, yeah, that's an interesting person. I get where they're coming from. I like that. Yeah, let's have that conversation. To me, it's, it always starts with mindset, is asking yourself, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I going to create content? Why am I going to build a social following? And what does that return on investment look like? And when I say return on investment, it, may, it doesn't necessarily always have to be revenue. Mm-hmm. It can a lot of times. For me, for example, in generating millions of follow, a million followers in 30 days was I wanted to publish a book. So that led me to closing a literary agent, which led to publishing the book and led to speaking around the world. And then that opened up the opportunity for press and doing podcast interviews such as yourself, which generates overall revenue. So really getting a core understanding of what is the, the end outcome? If I am going to do this, if I'm going to create content, I'm going to invest my time and money, why am I doing it? Because that's going to be your guidepost uh, or your guiding light when things get tough because it is a lot of work. Like mm-hmm. This is something that you just go half-hearted into. And some people come up to me sometimes and they're like, listen, I hate social media, but I know I need to do it. So what do you suggest? I said, just don't do it. Because if you don't like it, or if you can't find a reason, like the why you're doing it, then you're just going to ultimately fail at it. Because it does take time. It does take work. It does take dedication to make it successful. So that's really where I always start out with people is, what is your end goal in mind? Where do you think that this can help you in achieving increase in sales? getting a publishing deal, getting speaking engagements, getting your next job, whatever that may be, you define that for yourself. But I think that that's so critically important when you're diving into something and making this decision. But I think that it seems like to me, and and interested in your opinion on this, that just as we see, you know, generational evolution through the workplace is that as millennials and Gen Z and so on are now in, you know, senior management positions, increasingly that I think the expectations change, don't they? I mean, and if you're sort of newer in your career and you're saying, look, I'm trying to position myself for career success. Yeah, I, I know I'm going to be somebody that's a B2B salesperson. Maybe I want to get promoted to management at some point. But it seems like you have to play the game. Uh, to your point, I understand you're saying, yeah, if you can't, obviously, if, you're not gonna, if you don't understand the why, don't do it. But it almost seems like it's table stakes. Increasingly, there will become table stakes is that you have to have a presence and you have to be thoughtful. You have to, it goes beyond just what you do in your day job. Yeah, I would say that, listen, it definitely helps. Like it's going to put you light years ahead of your competition 
if you're investing in building your brand and it's going to set you yourself up for success in the future. Will I say that it's an absolute must and you have to do it? I'm not going to go that far because I know people that are super successful that don't play around with social media or brand building. Now, I work at a different level. So when I talk about super successful, I'm talking about people that are generating hundreds of millions or billions of dollars a year in revenue Mm -hmm. and manage to structure a career. So it's really being honest with yourself of where you sit, what your skill sets are, what you're really good at, what you're really bad at, and determine, does social media play a role? Do I really feel like it can help me? And if if I do feel it can help me, what is that additional or what is that outcome that I'm looking for? So yes, again, it definitely helps. I'm investing a tremendous amount of time and money in building my brand for online and, and social for my future. And a lot of colleagues I know are doing that. Uh, but I don't want to say like a one size fits all, you have to do it. Uh, definitely it, it, it helps, but I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's an absolute must that you can't be successful without it. Yeah, I was just thinking in terms of, like I said, generational shifts. Mm-hmm. I mean, the expectations of generations are different. Certainly if you're a boomer, yeah, yeah, not as big a deal for yeah. most people, but it's it's becoming increasingly more important, and it's still at its earliest stages. So that's true too. That's take advantage sure. of it now while there's still room to. There's less competition. So you made a comment about you know doing outreach, cold outreach on on LinkedIn. Yeah. So how'd you structure that? What worked for you in that regard? Well, I think that the biggest mistake that people make in all of this, and I see this on LinkedIn all the time, it's kind of it's it's really frustrating. But the reason that I've been successful in my career, the reason I've closed business development deals of tens of millions of dollars, the reason I've closed A-list celebrities or corporations of clients is I'm never selling. I'm going in with how am I providing value, trying to understand the other person on the other side of the table, how they perceive their job, how they perceive the, the goals that they're trying to reach, what obstacles are they trying to overcome. And I speak to them in that language of how I can provide value to them mm-hmm. through some- I can offer, not trying to sell. And it sounds like common sense, but I'm sure you see this on LinkedIn. Like for whatever Multiple reason, times a day. They, they just, they don't get it uh, because they're always trying to sell you on something. They're just trying to sell, 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 sell. And to me, I just take the perspective of is like, who is this person? What do they need? Uh, what are their goals and, and obstacles? And then I craft a message that speaks to that. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. So can you give just sort of a brief example? Because I think that, that, to your point precisely, is a lot of the outreach, cold outreach done on LinkedIn today, especially through connection requests. And again, I'm sure you're inundated with this as, as I am, maybe probably more, is, is yeah, nine out of 10 connection requests come from people that I know are going to pitch me as, if I were to accept it. Yeah. Um, so what are you saying that's a little bit different? If you just give people a sort of, a, if you can, a sort of more concrete example of what, how you might phrase something. Yeah. So for example, I helped build one of the largest social paid optimization firms in the world. What that means is we were optimizing advertising spend for huge brands and corporations on YouTube and Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter. And for example, I reached out to the head of media for Disney and I was just saying, Hey, listen, I really admire the work that you're doing. Uh, and I called out a specific campaign or example mm-hmm. so that this isn't this isn't just canned. This is actually a thoughtful response. And, and it also plays up to the fact that I'm recognizing her value and mm-hmm. the job she does. And then I just dove in and said, hey, listen, I'm working with this really new, new 
technology company. And we're working with all these other companies and we've gotten into a place where we can save you 60 to 70% on your ad spend and also increase your performance by 5x. Uh, if you're up for it, I'd love to kind of just uh, walk you through the platform. So to me, I understand from a media buyer's perspective, because I worked in a studio of what their key KPIs are, mm-hmm. what they specifically need. And I was very tactical to say, this is how I can help you. I can help you save money and I can help you increase performance. Is that something that's interesting to you? If it's not, cool. If it is, great. Now, I probably sent that, that message to 20 or 30 people. And I think she was the only one that responded to that specific message. But to me, that was great because it led to, because she transferred, she started at Disney, then she went to Xbox and then she went to Fox. Mm-hmm. Not only did I connect with her at that point, but I connected her and, and took that business across those three verticals. Yeah. Well, I think that, and that's, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that, that for a lot of people on LinkedIn is part of the reason they're reverting to sort of this bad behavior is they do what they think is sort of a higher value approach, but they don't have the persistence, right? So they get frustrated because yeah, they might send 20 and 30, maybe they only get one response and there's people are so ingrained these days that, Oh, that's a bad metric for me, that conversion rate. So I need to, you know, I need to make this more, more pitchy and it backfires. Yeah. It, to me, they're always, they're crafting messages out out of how they perceive the world, not out of the other person, mm-hmm. how the other person perceives the world. So for in that, in that same example, like a message I can envision somebody sending is like, hey, Brendan, I have this great new technology for optimizing social campaigns. I'd love to jump on the phone with you and see how we could work together. It doesn't really talk about what's my problem. Mm-hmm. How are you solving my problem? Like, what is the solution? And to me, like, listen, if there's anybody that can help me with stuff, I'm always down to take a phone call. I'm yeah, always down me to too. There's some, exactly. It's like, you want people that are going to help you make your life easier. So that's how you should be positioning any messaging, any cold outreach that you're doing, in addition to any content that you're producing too. Is like, when you think about content and social content, it's like, how is that content providing value to the other person on the other side of the table? If it's not, then they're going to ignore it. It's not going to work. And so I look at along that line, but also maybe with a slightly different adder to it, let's say, is this idea of having a point of view. At least for me, I want to, I want to think, I understand how people think, right? Some of that comes through the content, but, but some of it's just, yeah, so much of what I see is just sort of vanilla, right? I think yeah. people, people can't be afraid of, having a defined point of view that that doesn't, it's not risky. That's actually what you should be doing. Yeah, I would agree that a point of view is, is definitely a critical important success. I would say first and foremost, though, it, it goes back to value. Like what is the value you're providing through your content? Is it, is it making that, are you educating them? Mm-hmm. Are you are you moving them emotionally, whether that's making them angry, sad, uh, happy, motivated? Are you uh, just making them or, or another element of his social currency? Is it something that they've never seen before that they are compelled to share with everybody else? Because there's a psychological element of if I share this, I'm the first person to share this. I'm actually attaching myself to this information 
almost as if I created it myself. Mm-hmm. So like point of view definitely is, is critically important, but you've got to wrap it around something of, of value to the audience. Otherwise, they're just going to kind of skip over it and move on to the next thing. So you talk about how there's three ways to run your social media like a celebrity. So share with us what those, what those three ways are. Well, I think first, first and foremost is really understanding your why, which we've already gone over is like the, the purpose behind your content, the purpose behind building your brand, because without that, you're going to be all over the place. You're going to be inconsistent. You're going to not know what content to create, or if you are creating content, there's probably not going to be a consistent tone or theme to it. Mm-hmm. It's critically important. So when we talk about a celebrity, for example, let's just say that a celebrity is known for their comedic tone. Like, let's just say it's Will Ferrell, for example, sure. like he puts out all these comedic movies. And then all of a sudden he's like, Hey, I'm in this crazy horror flick. It would like that tone would kind of throw you off. Now I'm not saying it can't be done, mm-hmm. but that's like an extreme example is like, you need to have that consistent tone of, of how people are knowing you or when you're first building your brand, what are, what, how are they supposed to perceive you? How are they supposed to know who you are and what you're about? Mm-hmm. That's critically important. The, the second step is where I always recommend people start is a competitive analysis is like understand who is in your current market, who is in your current industry, who is reaching your audience and how are they having success or lack thereof is really being a student of the game and understanding why somebody, let's just say somebody's reaching your audience, why one of their posts gets shared 10,000 times and one post gets shared once. Mm-hmm. Use that, understand and dissect what formats do they use, what themes, what stories do they use, so that you can then dissect that and then plug in your own content. So what how does that happen with celebrities in the entertainment industry? Is like I worked for several movie studios and they do a competitive analysis of different films that come out with different sure. action and understand the key components of why one movie worked versus another movie didn't work. And then the, the last element that's critically important is testing testing and learning is don't just put out content and just look at numbers and don't do anything with it. Understand why did this piece of content over here work so much better than every other piece of content that I work? Or if my content is really struggling, what are certain tweaks that I can make to the format or to the story or to the themes that can really fuel that success, which also plays back into the competitive analysis? Because I see this happen so often with social media and and social content is People are just blindly pushing content out there and either they just don't know it's not working because they're not paying attention or when it doesn't work, they're like, oh, social media just doesn't work. I can't figure it out. It's too hard. And they just quit. Mm-hmm. So I would say those are the three areas that, that I focus on and working with a celebrity client or, or approaching it from a celebrity mindset. So if you're a small enterprise, as we have a lot of small enterprise clients and you yeah, you talk about in the book how it's harder for smaller influencers to stand out these days in sort of this noisy environment. Is well, I guess one thing that sort of sprung to mind is yeah, they're oftentimes think, look, I just don't have the capabilities to do this in house. Is is it something initially that they really sort of need to understand, do themselves versus just outsource to someone? And I think well, that I see that sort of creating a problem because then there's always sort of this distance between them and the the content they're putting out. I always recommend to learn as much as you can on your own, because even if you hire somebody, if you don't understand the the core principles of it, then how are you going to know if the person that you hired is doing a good job? Mm -hmm. How are you going to know what they're telling you is the truth? 
And I think that that's one of the issues that I've seen with social media is anybody can open up an account today. Anybody can post a video. Anybody can add hashtags or captions. Mm -hmm. And because of that, there's so many people out there that claim that they're experts. I'm not to say that it's not to say that there's not experts out there. There are. But if you don't understand the, the principles of how things work, even at a very high level, then when you go to hire somebody, you're going to get lost. And a lot of times you'll, you'll just not get the results that you're looking for. So what, and the surf along the same line is, so how do, what are the metrics people should be looking at relative to engagement or success of the content? Because I, to your point precisely is, is, and I think I am sometimes guilty of this as well is, is yeah, sort of getting this mode of pushing content out, but not measuring whether it's having an impact or having an effect on the goals that we're trying to achieve. So how can people go about setting up a measurement system? What should they be tracking? What should they be measuring? It really depends on the platform that you're focused on. So each platform has different behavior consumption. Let's start with LinkedIn. So with LinkedIn, first and foremost, what, what I'd be looking at is just the overall engagement, likes, comments, shares. Because what you'll see, and in, in that you have a similar correlative effect with uh, Instagram, in that the more people that are engaging with your post from a comment and a like perspective, the more reach you're going to get with it. Because the algorithms are all designed around how do we push positive content, content that's really resonating with our audience to more people's feeds, mm -hmm. push down content that's not resonating. Because all of these platforms, their social feeds are their holy grail. It's their user experience. Like if you, if you log into LinkedIn and it's just crap content, content after crap content, you're going to be like, you're going to stop logging in. You're going right. to stop using it more. But if it's great content, it's engaging content that keeps going into the feed, then you're going to log in and use the platform. So where I would focus really on LinkedIn is, is really on the likes and the comments and driving that engagement ratio uh, in the shortest time period possible. So the first 30 minutes is, is super critical. So generate as much engagement, build the conversation around the content. So if you... So in the, uh, the first 30 minutes, how do you influence that then, putting that up? Yeah, it's a great question. So that you can get people to participate in the conversation. You can tag people in the comments. You can ask people's opinions about what's going on in the video. In the video itself, you can say, hey, I want to hear your thoughts below. Not, I wouldn't do it as generic as that, mm -hmm. but really participate in the conversation of like spark a conversation around what's happening uh, to get people involved uh, around the piece of content that you're pushing out there. Yeah, because, and I mean, is that, that's not just as simple as asking a question though it can be it's yeah. the right question so if you're it, gonna... right, it just comes down to the right question like it comes and same thing with content mm -hmm. it, is it as simple as posting a video yes but it's posting the right video and that's where the the the, the difficulty comes in the hard work and where we spend a tremendous amount of time is we we invest heavily in learning what it takes so going back to posing the right question mm -hmm. you have to tr test 10 different questions to find which question works. So is it as simple as posting, posing a question? Yes. The difficult part is what question to pose right. in order to generate that engagement. And this may seem like an obvious question, but, but I see this when I, because I part of a number of engagement groups on LinkedIn and, and so on, is, is videos obviously becoming more important on LinkedIn, but is that really if you're a small company and you're saying, okay, look, we're really, we're going to start 
trying to work on our social presence, they have to get committed to video? I would say the video, uh, I mean, it's a great question. I always say start with what you're best at. To me, that's the most important thing. Are the platforms, the social platforms, weighting video heavier? Yes, mm. they are. That's where a lot of the platforms are going. But again, it comes down to compelling content. If you're an amazing writer and you can create compelling uh, written scripts or articles, go that direction. If you're an amazing photographer, go that direction. If you're great at podcasts and audio, you don't feel comfortable on video, then go that direction. Because again, to me, it's the quality of the content that matters. Like you, If you're really good at writing and you put out a compelling written post on LinkedIn, it'll work. Mm-hmm. But just because you create video doesn't mean it's going to work. Like Correct. if you're just not good on video and you create video content and, and, and people aren't resonating with it, it's, it's telling you something. So, and good on video doesn't necessarily mean high production quality video. No, not at all. Right? Not at all. It's, you don't need a red camera. You don't need a fancy camera. It's, it's purely what you're talking about. It's the content that matters. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter if you have proper lighting and all of that stuff. It's really about what you have to say and how it resonate, resonates with people. Which is really the bottom line throughout all this stuff, right? 100%. That's the beauty of social, social media and digital platforms. It really has broken down that barrier that you don't have to be on television or film to reach millions of people. You don't have to have a huge crew in order to do that. You just have to have a strong voice and offer something of value that people want to get behind. Perfect. Great way to sum it up. All right. Well, Brendan, thank you for joining me. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So how can people contact you and get in touch with you? Yeah. So the, the book is at 1millionfollowers.com. It's on Amazon and all the major retail s- stores. Uh, they can reach out to me via email. Uh, my email is B as in boy at seekers, S-E-A-K-E-R-S.com. Uh, or they can direct message me on LinkedIn or Instagram. My Instagram's at Brendan Kane. Perfect. All right, Brendan, thank you so much. Great. Thanks for having me. Okay, friends, that was Accelerate for this week. First of all, as always, I want to thank you for joining me, especially on this, this holiday. And I want to thank my guest, Brendan Kane. Join me again next week as my guest will be my friend, Mike Weinberg. You know, it's Mike's fourth or fifth appearance on the show, and we'll be talking about Mike's new book titled Sales Truths. Now, as always, when Mike comes on Accelerate, the conversation will be wide-ranging, it'll be fun, it'll be exciting, you won't be sure to join us then. Now, before you go, I have a favor to ask. If you enjoyed this podcast and listen to it regularly, then everyone here on the show would appreciate if you could just take a moment, go to iTunes, subscribe to the show, rate it, and review Accelerate. We'd really appreciate you taking a few minutes to do that. So that's Accelerate for this week. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.